Hello, welcome to episode 15 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church and things that we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah, which I think I always forget to say, and um, I'm joined, as always, by our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. Hey, Sarah. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's fun hanging out. And then uh, we're joined by two of our friends, one of our frequent uh, podcast guests, Ryan Nunn. It's always fantastic place to be on Monday afternoons. Yeah, it's fun. We always record these. Uh, people uh, don't know that we record these on Mondays after the Sunday message, and so it's fresh content in our minds. It's That's always, right. Yeah. Um, and Ryan is one of the campus pastors. He's the campus pastor of our Henderson campus of One Life Church. And uh, Ryan, tell me something about you that people would, I don't know, wouldn't know. I have a southern accent. What? <laughs> you do? And if you didn't know that, know that. you'll find out that's within the crazy. next 30 minutes. Uh, that's funny. Uh, no, uh, I think one of my favorite things in life, so a lot of people will know this, but some people don't. Uh, one of my favorite things in life is marriage. I love it. I love to be, I love being married. I love talking about marriage and helping couples and all that stuff. So That's cool. That's awesome. I do have a Southern accent. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> they'll listen to the podcast. And then we're joined uh, with another guest today. Austin Maxheimer and Austin, um, within the next year to two years, is going to have a title of Doctor Austin Maxheimer, which you cannot use in, under any circumstance. Why not? The good doctor. <laughs> oh. I mean, I like, call people that that aren't that. I'm yeah. gonna, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. No, yeah. I'm very excited to to wrap it up uh, and to be done and move yeah. on to the next. It's been three years, a lot of great learning, but ready to give my mind a rest. What will your, what will the actual title of your doctorate be? Doctorate of ministry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Are you excited to be done? Um, like, is there any other, like, I don't know, thing you do after that? Like, do people just do doctorates and they never go to school again or they just get like another doctorate? Well, yeah. So a doctorate of ministry is not a terminal degree, technical oh. term there. Uh, so I would have to go to like teach at, I'd have to still go back and get a PhD. So interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, <laughs> great. Austin, we're glad you're here joining us today and um, we'll get some great conversation based upon Brett's message and teaching from uh, this past weekend on the Ark of the Covenant. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, I mean, you had an actual full size Ark on the stage with uh, some things inside of it, which was really great. And then um, most of the people wouldn't know this, but our team, when we recorded on Thursday, surprised Brett and put a light inside of it. <laughs> Um, they did, and it worked. It uh, was pretty great. It was yeah. it's like, I thought it was the perfect time to was. finally deliver the pyro on the stage. That, that <laughs> I know. Brett I've been, been asking wanting. for it. I've been <laughs> wanting it for eight years. The uh, face <laughs> melter. <laughs> Brett opens that That's thing. That's right. Lose my eyebrows. Yeah, it would have been great. It was so Watch great. The face melt on the screen. I was really nervous, though, that funny. it was going to mess you up, though. Yeah. Like, as soon as you saw that light, it started, it started to, to laugh. Was, oh, okay. That's We were heavily anticipating you opening that thing for the first time. I'm sure. We didn't know what to expect. It was really going to be good. But it was great to see like your face was like a like you could see a light it looked it, looked, it was great yeah. it was like have you ever seen ellen surprises oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. guests they always pop out of that coffee Gosh. table that would have been so we should have put thomas <laughs> inside there thomas would have been <laughs> perfect yeah, right. the possibilities are endless uh, yeah. the, the oh, light was man. good though yeah yeah um and we did start the uh, message yesterday uh, right out of the, of the gate we had three clips from raiders of the lost ark indiana jones and um i don't know like 
it's pretty interesting to show people's faces literally being melted <laughs> in service. Uh, I like the, the screams. You got real extreme. There, the flames <laughs> are going. There's screams going on. That's why. Yes, uh, I don't. I, we played the tape for the other campuses, but at East, when I said Merry Christmas, everyone, it, it was it was kind of funny. <laughs> oh, they laughed in Henderson as well. So, okay, yeah, they. <laughs> it's yeah. just uh, inside uh, my household, though. There was divided. I had my ten year old sitting right next to me in there, and he was like. Yeah, we gotta watch that movie. Like it's, we gotta go watch that movie. And then my wife was like, "I could have done without the face melting at the very <laughs> beginning." So it's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, let's just admit it. It was, it is this classic moment. I know people could have done without it, but I, as I was reading through the Book of Numbers, it does. Uh, it says fire came out from the Lord at one point, and and then they're instructed to go. And, and remove this thing called a censer, which was where they carried in, incense and thing. Remove that from the charred remains is how it's, it's said. Mm-hmm. So uh, so th- it may not have melted their face, but it melted something because fire came out and burned people to a crisp or something. So mm-hmm. uh, they were a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if it quite went off that way. But if you've never seen that before, though, I was thinking about that. <laughs> people just kind of sitting there minding their own business, drinking their coffee and suddenly <laughs> like, yeah. what in the world is happening right now? Especially, so. you know, when we live broadcast, you say, now we're going to go live to our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson, and then you see that, like, first. Yeah, that's it's right. You see Harrison Ford. <laughs> people are like, yeah, I get it. It's good. But no, it's a good way to kind of uh, connect culture or cultural reference to something that people might, you know, I don't know, not really know a whole lot about, or maybe they know a lot about it, but knowing kind of getting a, a visual and kind of an idea yeah. of, of how people think and talk about it. So I guess that'd be my first question for you, Brett, um, to kind of give a little bit of a recap of what you were able to talk about. And just in general, if, if someone's listening or watching right now um, and they have no idea what the Ark of the Covenant is, what, what, what would yeah, you say? Yeah, well, again, throughout the whole series, we've been going through the Old Testament and we call it shadows because uh, Jesus said that uh, the things that happened back in the Old Testament point to him in one form or the other. And so we've just been going piece by piece. And actually, I hadn't originally planned on doing the Ark of the Covenant, but I was doing the piece on the tabernacle, which uh, the New Testament talks about the different aspects of the tabernacle. And number one, I didn't have time to get to the Ark of the Covenant. I originally planned to. And so I thought, gosh, that thing's so interesting, though. I hate to leave it out. So I just decided uh, I was originally going to do the Book of Ruth. Sorry that I left out the Book of Ruth, but I replaced it with this study of the Ark of the Covenant because I was very interested in getting to it myself, if for no other reason. So the Ark, you asked what the Ark of the Covenant was, for those who may not know. Uh, Ark, we, we talked about, means either container or chest, as in treasure chest or cabinet. It's just a name for a container of something. And uh, it contained the tablets of the covenant. And the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing is from the fact that anytime I've ever mentioned it to most people, and it happened in the office, People always bring up that movie. They're like, oh, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, because that's our cultural reference point. It just is because they did a great job of melting faces and de- demonstrating <laughs> this thing. So it was they, the, God instructed them to carry around the tablets of the Ten Commandments, and, and they placed it in the tabernacle, and it was the place. He said, this is where I'm going to meet you in this place called the Holy of Holies, and there was all kinds of rules around how to handle it and priesthood, and, and then it's mentioned later in Hebrews in the New Testament where uh, it talks about how this represents and not only represented, but I think it was very literal that God, whenever you went to the Holy of Holies, God's presence, as it would be in heaven, was right there in front of you. And it said, I will meet you with you. And uh, so it represented his presence. And then he, it's a featured character throughout the Old Testament in different ways. 
uh, marched around the walls of Jericho is mm. kind of credited with uh, uh, being the you know the the mechanism by which all the um, the walls fell down and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just an interesting thing. And it is a lost archaeological thing. It is a mystery around. Did it? Where is it now? Is it in Ethiopia? Is it in e- Egypt? And Austin, where is all it? All kinds of fun things. Yeah, he Ryan's probably learned backyard. that in his doctoral Ryan's part. Backyard, <laughs> yes. That's over in Kentucky. <laughs> it was called a God's country anyway. Was, that's, yeah, right. that's right. That's, that's what we call it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's just schools of thought around there. Lots of interesting, uh, not so well done documentaries about it. Some studies done about it. It's, uh, to me, it's just a fascinating thing. I think it'd be, uh, it's fun to I think, think the about. Ethiopian thing is that I didn't, that was out of nowhere for me. When the first time you said that, I had no idea that was like a thing. Um, yeah, I so, wish I could spend more time on that because I did spend a lot. It's one of those rabbits you chase. There's no reason to do it. It's like <laughs> yeah. I can't preach on this anymore. Right. This is fascinating. Kind of flipping through there and seeing the little evidences. They're like, convinced they have it. I, I'll put it that way. Yeah, you, know, you the think they, they release some photos or something? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. You I don't would know. think, yeah, it's weird. yeah, yeah. But, but they, I saw interviews with these guys that's claiming to be caretakers of it, and they they talk about it and things. It's just like, is this real? Are they getting paid to do this? Yeah. But, or so there are, are there people out there that are like really searching for it, you think? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, yeah, there's 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 always going to be people that do things like that right. and there's going to be people that claim to have found things that they probably haven't found and they lie about it or whatever. Uh, but it's it's a worthwhile thing to look for because it did exist, we're very confident of that and it's disappeared. So was it destroyed? Would they have destroyed it? Um, was it, uh, so where is it? And the, the Ethiopian thing, there really is some history behind why they think that, not that it said it showed up, but there was, uh, whenever armies came in and surrounded Jerusalem, the theory is that they wouldn't have let it just fall in hands. They would have taken it out. They would have tried to get it out of the city. If you're a good priest, you wouldn't want it to. And so you would ship it off somewhere. And, uh, there's a whole thing, uh, that I encourage you if you want to, if you just, yeah, I was thinking about this on a serious level for one of our goals in the series is to help people engage with the Bible. And what I've discovered through studying for this is there's all kinds of neat little angles like that, that if you're interested in, I've gotten to the point, I guess I'm old enough. If you want to chase down where the ark is, if that gets you into the Bible, go for it. I mean, just whatever gets you in there, if your mind works that way, we'll start there and God will probably show you some cool stuff. Uh, so maybe it's encouraging to chase down weird things, but uh, I, I guess I'm at the point where whatever gets you yeah. to open the book for crying out loud. Just don't let those weird things become the center of your faith. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I uh, met those guys. Unfortunately, yeah. that happens too. It really does. Yeah. Everybody's all about the Ark of the Covenant. I think I found it. And it is in Ryan's backyard. And it's so I was in Ryan's backyard this week. Yeah. Well, yeah, if, I could, if I could uh, go chase the ark and, and punch people and it sound like it does when Indiana Jones punches people. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, uh, I hadn't thought oh, about that's that. Funny. That's funny. Awesome. But yeah, Austin makes a very good point. It becomes the center of your faith because <laughs> there's, there's plenty of interesting, weird sidetracks you can get on. Well, that's kind of exemplified in the Bible, yeah. you know, a couple of different times that happens. Like the Philistines, when they took it in battle, that's what they did yeah. pretty much. They made it the center of hmm. their victory. They took this thing that God did, you know, as a kind of heaven meets earth thing and they tried to make it wield that as a weapon you know i'm going to use this for our victory kind of thing so they people i mean and then when matt a few weeks ago talked about the snake on the pole it says that the we talked about this the actual snake on the pole it says later in the bible was was held up as this iconic iconic thing that -hmm. they started worshiping so they had to destroy it so if you found the ark of the covenant it probably would be hard to (laughs) get people not to you know bow down to it or whatever I, i probably wouldn't get near it i'd like to See it via video. That's close <laughs> that's enough. Exactly. 
<laughs> Give me some binoculars. <laughs> I'll watch it online. <laughs> and even my theology kind of works it all out. I'd still be extra cautious. But like, uh, okay, all right. that's all right. So for Ryan, Austin, either one of you, or ask Austin, like, as you studied the Ark of the Covenant um, and the story in the Old Testament and kind of how it points um, towards a bigger picture, like, what's that been like for you? Like, anything that you've noticed or anything that popped out um, even yesterday? Yeah, and Brett did a great job of highlighting it, but just the idea of God's presence, uh, the the ark uh, exemplifying that and being what would have been a uh, a real phenomena that they would have experienced as a people that the priests would have experienced, that they would have longed for and desired in relationship with, with this kind of personal Yahweh God of the Old Testament, that carrying through to then being fulfilled in Christ, where now the presence of God is uh, among the people, among the people of the world, but then um, even in us. And one of the things that is not really comfortable is this whole face melting thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's not fun to think about God's presence being that, but the testimony throughout all scripture is that God's uh, presence uh, because of his holiness, because of his righteousness, there's a certain sense of fear or terror or death that comes with that because not because uh, God is terrifying, but because his holiness is so overwhelming. And I remember, um, like doing, uh, some communion studies and looking at the, uh, the Exodus and, and it was, a it was, a when I saw it in, in that Exodus story, the, the presence of God is what goes out into all of Egypt. And it's the presence of God that brings the death that you will, but it's only through the atonement, through the sacrifice of, of the lamb where they're, then they're passed over. And so it's just this constant theme throughout scripture where God's presence brings judgment. Hmm. Um, and, and so that was a major learning. Uh, but then, of course, uh, Christ being the ultimate Passover lamb, the one who secures our righteousness and judgment. And so understanding those two realities, the the goodness and holiness that we all want, that we all long for God to be that holiness and, and pureness and, and the thing who's going to make everything right, uh, coinciding with the son sin in the world to be the Passover lamb to redeem all of us. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, really. Yeah. And I think for me, every time I, like even I hear some of these stories and like this idea of, of being just thankful that like we don't have to go through these different ways to get to the presence of God, that we have direct connection and direct um, access to be able to just sit and talk. Um, it's, I don't know, it's a, for me, it's a, just a, a reminder, a good reminder of, of hearing these things, of being I don't know, just thankful for the way that I'm able to have a, a relationship with God. So Ryan, anything for you? I was thinking exactly what Austin said. It was really weird. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, just, uh, I, I had to say that. I mean, yeah, come on. No, yeah, I was thinking exactly what no, he the, was uh, I, Really, the thing that stood out, I think, uh, from the sermon, as I think back of the message, um, when you, you, you said that the, uh, was it um, Bashesh or was it? The, the place Beth where Shemesh. Beth, Beth Shemesh, that's right. what it was. Beth Shemesh. I want to say it. You guys all say said it. it. Beth Shemesh. Yes, Beth Shemesh. So I, I think it was a good point when you, you kind of, they opened it up and they looked in the, the ark or they looked at the kind of the law of God without the blood. Um, I don't know, something about that really woke me up or woke up, uh, shined a light a little bit into me into that, that concept of just grateful for the forgiveness. Because you think about David and, and when he was bringing the ark back and there was a dude that tried to not let it fall for crying out loud and he died because he touched it wrong. And, and so there's this, just this tension between uh, God's wrath and God's mercy that, that was really shown up when, when you said that. I don't know, that was really good. 
never th- I don't you don't think about the Ten Commandments as being the law of God. A lot of times you hear the Ten Commandments like, oh, okay, well I can't steal and I can't do bad things or I have to do all these things that God wants me to do. But um, so when you phrase it like that, I don't, that's what I thought about. So nothing necessarily groundbreaking, but um, for sure that that deeply grateful for the grace and mercy mm. of God. Yeah, the, the one thing that kept striking me over and over again through the different angles from the Bible, especially the Ark, I think was. This whole, I think of the Garden of Gethsemane, where I don't think we appreciate the problem. And I know I don't as much as I should, because Jesus is pouring out his heart if there be any other way. Mm. Any other way to what? You know, we kind of minimize the problem in our mind to get men to a place where they can approach that holiness and be made right before God apart from, and it's presented as a problem because you do have the, I didn't even go into the story. It's fairly famous, you know, with the the arcs on a cart and the guy reaches out and he's trying just to keep it from falling. And and it it doesn't always say, you know, there's a theory out there that it it was, it was conducting electricity and it it killed him. No, it says that the Lord's anger burned against us and he struck him right there, but it always presents that there's a problem that mm. genuinely needs to be solved and uh, this dilemma, this paradox, and that kept surfacing for me more and more and more all the time. Like, wow, that that the veil in the temple being ripped um, to get to the ark. Like, I don't... Th- it, it, it kept creating in me a sense of, I think I get it, but I don't get it. I don't get <laughs> it on the level that I probably ought to be getting it because if I really did, I would spend more time you know, meditating on that or appreciating it or something, my worship would be deeper or something. I don't know. It, it, it created a lot more serious look at it, not in a bad way, but it was just like, wow, I think we're onto something that's a lot more heavy and serious and wonderful than we uh, probably give it credit for. Yeah. Was there anything from your message that you, I know there were some things specifically you had to leave out that you wish you would be able to get to? Yeah, it, it, it probably would have been that. I mean, there's always a number of things that uh, it, it's just fun to, uh, especially with that one. There's like 200 references to the Ark, and I looked at all of them, and and it was fun to see how it kind of travels through and what happened to it and why and all those things. There was this curiosities, uh, the the thing with us and the whole why did it kill people and why did it do all those things. Uh, but I think that was I wish I could have honed in more on on just what's going on in our own lives that creates that dilemma. I don't think we appreciate that, that as much as we ought to. Like what what inspires God's wrath towards us? And Because and, we consider it really God's being cantankerous in the Old Testament. I mean, he's just kind of wound up too tight or whatever else. However, it's really not that. And I wish I could have explored that on a much deeper level and made it more relatable like if people, because I had a few get it factors myself, but I wasn't able to explore that as deeply as I would have. Ryan, I I connected Ryan surprised me a few weeks ago on the podcast with a question. And I think it makes sense to ask it again here of how, like when someone hears a story like this, it's a little odd. It's a little different, you know, like, oh, yeah. or even the, um, the serpent, um, story from a few weeks ago, like how do you take those conversations and connect them to someone who's never, you know, heard any of this stuff before and like, how do you talk about that? Like, how do you talk about these things that seem very extreme and make them connect them to, um, I guess, yeah, I mean, like, just connected to the everyday conversation kind of stuff. And that's why I wish I could have spent more time on. And, and I was trying to think of, there's a very interesting, you're talking about the Exodus, you know, they're at the base of the mountain, and, and God says to Moses, tell the people, oh, uh, don't get too close to the mountain or I will break out against <laughs> them. 
like, why don't you just not break out against them? I mean, it's, it's it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is. He's telling them don't do. So I'm thinking, okay, and if I accept this as the truth, and if I go ahead and settle into it, I'm like, why did he have to do that? And I come up with these analogies in my head because I think because we're created in God's image, we have experiences like that in our own lives that are connectable. Um, where if you've ever been outraged against evil before, I mean truly outraged against a genuine evil. I'm not talking about someone cutting you off in traffic. I'm talking about you saw an evil that happened and it got you righteously upset where you wanted to correct it. You wanted to, you felt like someone, justice needed to happen, those kinds of things. I, I think everybody's had those experiences and you can start there. But somewhere inside us, there's a, there's an experience as blurry and as imperfect as we are with it. We've we've experienced righteous wrath, or mm-hmm. uh, there's a need to break out because to not do something about this injustice would be an injustice, if if that makes sense. Yeah, I think we've all had those experiences. So if you'll tie that in to, and you can tie that into paper, you know, things that you read in the news. But then you have to kind of bring it back on yourself. You know, how many times have you committed injustices that there were that God Himself or others would think, you know, that needs to be? Does that make sense? I mean, just yeah. kind of trying to find that experience in our own I think uh, lives that can connect to that. People ask that question. I think you know, like if there's, like this, it's a pretty radical way for someone to uh, get to the presence of God. Like you know, why go through all those things if the plan was always us all along? And, you know, I think that's always the question is people want to ask, you know, like, and we're going to ask some questions um, um, in our next podcast uh, of some of those of questions people have asked in. But I think that's something that comes up a lot when you hear some of these stories that seem very extreme of like, why, why have to go through all that to get to what ultimately we would say is Jesus? And um, yeah, how would any of you guys answer that question? But while you were asking this, Austin, who has a printed Bible here yeah. on the table, unlike the rest of us, Ryan. he well, opened I, up the Bible. Oh, he does. Oh, but oh, I was going to. That's just my phone. No, no, I was going to bring up. Did you have something you were going to read or share? Well, just so I did with someone, especially someone who has has not spent a lot of time in Scripture and is really seeking these things out. I would say probably Leviticus is not the best starting point right. uh, really? f- for the most part. <laughs> and you're saying that as someone who else, you're not saying you because. Right. Yeah. No, I enjoy Leviticus yeah. uh, for the record. <laughs> yeah. uh, I believe it's inspired by <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, know, I just want to clarify that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. When someone is approaching you and, and, and like, there's always this idea of, of, going to Leviticus to disprove Jesus. And right. it's like, well, we're, we're Christ you know, we're Christians, we're followers of Jesus, we're, we're disciples of the way of Jesus. And so starting with Jesus uh, is crucially important when you're kind of revealing these things to us. When I'm, I, in fact, uh, I, I wouldn't even, if I, I mean, if someone who has no context for the mm-hmm. Bible, not a believer, I wouldn't probably, I wouldn't even start with the Bible at all. I would start start with their experiences and connect that with the things that I know to be true about Jesus. Um, there, there's a, a classic, uh, the, the, Tim Keller does a great job with what he calls the third way. So he kind of always holds up like this traditional viewpoint versus the, the modern or postmodern viewpoint. And then he talks about how Christ is, is the third way. And so it's trying to find people's experience mm-hmm. of where they're at uh, today, for example, um, the, this generation is the, the emerging generation, which my daughter is a part of, 
Uh, they are always outraged about the injustices in the world, yet they're also for um, personal choice and, and self-actualization. And so there's actually zero basis for being outraged against anything uh, that if, if someone else may choose to define that line or their moral lines or their moral compass in a different way. There, so there's just a lot of rage and confusion. And, and so then you start talking about, well, Jesus fulfilled this, this other way where we can affirm um, kind of people's subjective experience and need for love, but then there is the, there is this kind of transcendent reality where there's these higher truths and morals and values that are above that we can actually pull from and incorporate and agree upon as a human race. And so you kind of bring these together, and then you start talking about, well, that actually sounds very attractive. Oh, in that case, let me show you Jesus in Scripture. And then as you get more into it, then you get into this beautiful wealth of the Old Testament that gives pointers and shadows and, and testimony uh, to what God has always been doing uh, throughout the human history. That was really good. It's a good answer for Ryan's question from three weeks ago. So that's my answer You should right have there. been here when I asked the original. You should have seen my face. <laughs> no, that's... Well, well, Dan brought up a point, too, a few weeks ago, Dan Sullivan, when he was on, and he said, and the other thing, what you were talking about, getting in the extremes, once you do find Jesus and you're kind of as a Christian, you're exploring back there, uh, it says in the New Testament, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training righteousness. And if I take that as my starting premise that when I stumble on something that's just like odd, like, mm -hmm. wow, okay. If I'll turn into it and, and ask about it and be honest about it being odd or pray before it, you know, as I can enter God's presence, Lord, show me. This strikes me as strange. This strikes me as unusual. This strikes me. When I've gone ahead and embraced it, is this, this in the end, I bet this there's something here that I don't see. Um, speaking to Tim Keller, he often also says, if, if your God never disagrees with you, then you're worshiping yourself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you're going to see some things that strike you against the grain of your own brain and your own mm -hmm. thinking. And so, but if I'll go ahead embrace the word and say, okay, this seems strange to me now, but maybe there's something I'm not seeing that it wouldn't look as strange if I were really seeing it accurately. And that's what I, I experienced as going through the Old Testament. It was a reminder. I kept thinking about the Garden of Gethsemane, if there be another way. Why wasn't there another way? Why does this feel so extreme in the Bible, but not to us? And I think we're the ones on, on our end, we're the ones that are just not taking it as seriously as it truly is. Mm. I think we kind of get left out of that. Oh, dang, that's good. That's a oh, good thank you. I was hoping to get one of those. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, <laughs> I never think Sarah, of that, man, but that's... You got it. It's worth so a lot. That's right. Why yeah. I was opening my paper, I never even oh. got to why. Oh, I was, I got oh, that's totally right. distracted that's right. by everything else, but that reminded me. So uh, just a little plug from my personal favorite book in the Bible, Hebrews. It, it is this... It, it kind of explains uh, kind of the Jesus' fulfillment, probably in the most um, straightforward way, how Jesus fulfilled some of these things that we see in the Old Testament, including kind of the ark and entering the most holy places in chapter 9. So I would just encourage uh, listeners, uh, viewers, to to go and read Hebrews. Um, it's a beautiful book. There are some things in there that are, you know, uh, it starts off with the angel cantina or cantana. So, you know, it's kind of starts off a little weird. But once you get into that, it really kind of lays out how Jesus fulfilled 
the the priestly office, the tabernacle, and the most holy place, uh, the the office of of the priests in the Old Testament, and this whole line of history of faith. So it's a it's a great book. I knew that. I thought about it. One other thing I regret leaving out. I thought about you because there's <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Hebrews, and during yeah. the actual message, I didn't even mention it. But I, I was I was pulling from it. I did, but I didn't quote for it. It was kind of funny. It was like, why did I not do that? Yeah, but I thought of Austin. Austin's out there somewhere, wondering where's, <laughs> where's Hebrews going to be in this. That was great. So one thing that I learned from you this Sunday uh, was the staff and the the blooming of of Aaron's rod and tying that tying that to the resurrection. It's so obvious when you really think about it, but I had never heard that before, and so that was that was very helpful for me. And uh, well, if it helps you, I had never thought of it either. Yeah. yeah. But but when you examine the story, and there's a lot of different theories on what you know what that symbolism was. I would argue that if you do look at the story of authority and the approach, because Hebrews does bring that out. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't quote Hebrews, but I spent a lot of time in there, kind of saturating my mind in it. Yeah, I was, and. and <laughs> That authority from the resurrection was, uh, t- that was my personal thing that I took away uh, that was kind of like, oh, I hadn't thought of that either. So it was very helpful. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I have a question. So each week we put together some questions for our uh, groups and teams. We call it our huddle uh, where they can go through and kind of reflect on some of the things uh, from the message and just help them have a conversation in um, their groups or team time. And so that's available on our website. You feel free to look at those on our blog page, but uh, onelifechurch.org. But one of the questions on there that we are asking people, I think it's a great question to ask. If you know we were to find the ark today, um, or if you were living there at that time, or I guess maybe not at that time, but if you found it today, would you want to look inside it? Or would you be freaked out to look inside it? I would want to look inside it. Would you look but inside it? I would it? not. Really? No, I don't think I, I uh, you know, there's all kinds hey, of reasons why. I'm, I'm jumping in. He's like, jumping I'm in. swan diving, <laughs> and here's why. Here's because, because the veil has been torn. That's true. That's we, true. Christ, uh, our inheritance, is we're in the presence of God. And he's absolutely, I said a while ago, <laughs> yeah. theologically, I'd be fine, but in the end, I'd be but like, I'll watch it on video. I'll, have, I'll video Austin doing it first, <laughs> and then I'll do it. But poor Uzza, or whatever Uzza, or whatever, I'd be, he'd be in the back of my mind somewhere. I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, man. I would uh, definitely be trembling, I think. But it's it would, true, yeah. yeah, I would. I think I'd want to look inside for sure. So yeah, when I learned sure. in uh, the my first round of seminary, Latida, I was uh, <laughs> lear- learning. We learned. We went and learned from the Jewish synagogue, and, and they were talking about the yarmulke, and they were talking about the the meaning behind that, and how they would. Uh, put it on their head to create a barrier from the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so early Christians ripped that thing off of there uh, because mm-hmm. there is no more barrier to God. So oh, they did good. not have that. And I, as soon as when I learned that, I was like, so I always grew up being told I had to take my hat off for prayer. So when I was rebelling, I was like, I'm going to leave this hat on, boy. <laughs> but then I learned that and I was like, oh, this is my inheritance. I've taken yeah. this bad boy <laughs> off when I pray because it's, I can. Here's what would happen again. though if the ark was there. Everybody would have a super in depth Bible study like, okay, are you sure? Are you absolutely positive this the is exactly right? That's, that's, that's right. right. Okay. Okay, I'm going for it. It will be the test of who really <laughs> believes funny. and all that. That's true. Because he is right, but. I have to admit, I'd sweat. Oh, yeah. I would do. I'm in there. I'm in there. (laughs) Me and Thomas. It's because he did all that right now. He did all that study from the book of Hebrews. He's all good. That's right. Ugh, That's so good. Well, um, we're actually kind of close to end of time here, which is crazy. I feel like we just started talking. It always seems... um, Anything else, Brett, you would add or any questions you want to ask while we got this group here on any of this stuff? 
Uh, Put you yeah, on the spot. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Question. 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 Think about Ryan's ad or ask it. You you do have a question. I have a question. Yeah, that that probably be good because I think I covered the ground that I was. Uh, <laughs> so did they ever using. like wipe off the ark at all, or did they just keep blood on it all the time? Do we know? I'm trying to think back on because when I saw you I dabbing that grape juice on there, yeah, I was yeah, thinking if they did there. that. That, you know. Did they send a guy in there after that? To, <laughs> how'd you like to be that guy? <laughs> you want me to do what? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember because I did. I tried to read the Book of Leviticus in depth and kind of see what they actually did. And there, and there's, and there's Jewish tradition that fills out some of the things of things they think they did, but that's not recorded in Scripture. And uh, you know, that's. But I'm trying to remember if it said that. And I'm not pulling off the Well, because it's head. always depicted. Yeah. Like, I had a guy send me a photo right. of one, and it's always right. depicted as just perfectly clean and shiny. Yeah, true. So I don't point. know if the uh, the blood, you know, just blood miraculously blood. disappeared or burned up or... I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah. Maybe it was the last sure. job of the high priest. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's, That's a good question. A complete ignorance right. on this one. You know, it does remind me, though, is uh, one thing I, I did want to add that I didn't get to kind of hit the editing room floor was as I was thinking about the tabernacle as a model of worship, and, and, and as I've got a lot of questions about that, a lot of, a lot of interest in the difference between the holy place and the most holy place and that. But... One of the things that it really did enlighten for me anyway was what we call deep and what we call a deeper pursuit of God. It starts at the altar with the blood sacrifice, and it goes all the way to the ark, uh, which is representative of the presence of God, and that has the blood of the sacrifice. And so if you want to go deeper with God, it's never going to leave that. It's not going to be, to your point a while ago, Austin, about you know you can steer off and become obsessed with where the ark is historically, but the really deep things are always going to include the basics of Jesus' life, his death on the cross, his atoning sacrifice, his resurrection from the dead. I mean, it's it's going to have that as included. That's at the beginning, and that's as deep as you can go. And uh, I was challenged as a believer to remember that, that if I want to go deeper with the Lord, it's going to be based on that essential quality of who Jesus is and what he did. And, and the tabernacle kind of illustrates that, and I think the ark does as well. Mm. Uh, Brett, as we have our Christmas service this Sunday, what uh, can people expect on that day? What they can expect, we're going to be we're going to spend the time getting ready for communion. It is going to be a, a Christmas communion. Where what I'm going to try to do is pull in some of this imagery because what I keep seeing is the bread and wine, the atonement. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a rich sort of thing. So the whole thing is going to be geared towards. Um, uh, the communion, but I'm going to take uh, Matthew chapter one and two, and then accompany it with Isaiah chapter 53, and kind of marry those things together and talk about uh, because Isaiah 53 is considered by some to be, I've heard it called the holy of holies of the prophecies, and so um, I'm hoping to link all those together, and and hopefully they'll never look at the bread and wine the same uh, again oh, wow. if we do it right. And that's the goal anyway. It's the prayer. Uh, but I, I'm already there. I mean, it's kind of fun uh, as you look into those things. Awesome. I can't wait. And um, I've even seen a video that uh, our lead media producer, Thomas Bernardin, we've talked about Thomas a little bit today, uh, very talented storyteller and um, creating uh, art pieces. And he's already got his video pretty much done oh, for this does? week. And I haven't seen it. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I love it. I was really impressed. And um, yeah. Where I'm going from this thing right here. I'm going down to Thomas' office. Check that out. That's right, because it's based on Isaiah 53. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully there's, you know, he's got some tweaks he'll work on, but it's it's pretty good. So that'll be part of the service as well. But um, yeah, we can't wait to be celebrating Christmas with you guys this weekend. Thank you, Ryan. And uh, thank you, Austin, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you guys. 
And uh, we'll see you guys next week for a special uh, Christmas episode where we're going to do something a little different. We're going to answer some questions from um, our Kickstarter class. So questions or or Kickstarter group, I'm sorry, um, where we um, just connect with people and they get to ask some questions about uh, faith and about a church. So we're going to take that on um, next week with actually the same group you're seeing here. So thank you guys. We'll see you next week. In the same shirts. Yeah. I was going to say that. It's, it's, you know, cinematography. I don't know. We're going to stop and record again, basically. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Inman. The One Life Church Podcast is produced by me and Thomas Bernardin. Music by Ben Brock and Micah Robertson. To find out more about One Life Church, you can visit onelifechurch.org. Or to contact us directly at the podcast, just email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org.